Hello to all my people, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Spots and Share Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but if not, we'll deliver mediocre wrestling content, but we'll sprinkle in some mean tweets and lazy booking, you know, so we still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here today on this journey, and today that journey is... Botch Bots and Chair Shots Tag Team Tuesday. Remember, here at Botch Bots and Chair Shots, we're calling in the ring from all the angles. All right, everybody. It is a special Tag Team Tuesday edition of Botch Bots and Chair Shots. Bobby, this one's going to be in your court, man. After last night's Raw leading up to Elimination Chamber, getting ready to everything go, you said you got some stuff on your mind. Let's go to bat. Yeah, you know what? Thanks for twisting my arm and making me watch that horrific show uh, for the first time in years. Um, man, wrestling has gone down, 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 and now I know why I only listen to podcasts. Let me podcasts. wait a second. Wait a second. Let me just go ahead and clarify. What you watched last night was not professional wrestling. What you lost watched last night was what, Bobby? Sports entertainment. And- Your two favorite words. How do you feel about that? You know, I really think they should take the entertainment part out of it. Um, so they just take sports out completely because they're not wrestling anymore. Take the entertainment out because it's progressively getting more and more boring. And you know what we're left with? The World Wrestling Federation. Well, no, we were that. Have you ever seen that episode of South Park where they do wrestling and it's like this this big theater drama in their backyard? <laughs> That's <laughs> what the WWE is becoming is a caricature of a caricature of themselves. Yeah, it's like that new name for the pay-per-views. What'd you call it yesterday? The premium live events. They're not pay-per-view anymore. They're premium live events. The PLE. A PLE. Hmm. Hmm. I don't see that really ever going anywhere. All right, so let's talk about Raw last night. Let's go ahead and knock out the absolute biggest part of the evening. Tell me your opinions on the Riddle-Chad Gable scooter race. Dude, that was the stupidest waste of time I've ever seen um, with them going back there, 150 laps, and they didn't really define where the laps were. The finish line was out at the ring, but that's not part of the lap. Um, the fakest chops you would ever see. It's like the guys were just like, it's like they were making, it's like what you just said. It was a farce. Like they were, they were making fun of themselves as they're riding around on these scooters in the back. It was, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know how you, talk to people in even doing that that have any kind of credibility especially somebody like matt riddle who's former ufc fighter and also chad gable who's an olympic athlete and you're like here here's a paycheck go do whatever well see that's the problem right now is if you take somebody like riddle when he was in nxt the man was a beast you know like he had some great matches his fight pit match with timothy thatcher straight banger can't go wrong there But when you boil down to what was happening is like these guys, it's exactly that. They're just taking paychecks at this point and they're doing these stupid gimmicks and this stupid backstage stuff because we all know all of those vignettes were pre-recorded before the show opened. We all know like the cinematic way is becoming the new norm. When we were at SmackDown, like 90% of what was happening in the background, everybody was freaking out because Bischoff, I was like, Bischoff's not in Nashville. They pre-recorded this in some weird arena hallway. Like Eric Bischoff was not in Nashville. It was all just a ploy and it's all becoming just pre-recorded nonsense. They can put up on the screen for us to watch. Yeah. And you know, I think the, the whole COVID era, the, 
Thunderdome era, like, I think it led them to believe that they could just create crowd reactions more than to actually give us true crowd reactions. And it's, it, it's uh, truly become a pandemic in the sports entertainment world, not the professional wrestling world, that now they don't have to entertain us. Like they, they, can, they can pipe in the crowd noise. They're going to get the big TV contracts. They're going to continue all this. You know, they just got a big new deal with Disney um, streaming. So, you know, they, there's only money in this. So it does, the product no longer matters. It's the content that they're producing. And um, yeah, if, if you're a true professional wrestling fan, then you're, you're not going to watch WWE moving forward. So let's go a little bit deeper into the, the card for what happened. There wasn't a ton worth really talking about. They had the Elimination Chamber qualification matches. So uh, we'll save that one. Did you, what did you think about uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Molly Holly? Not Molly Holly, uh, Nikki A.S.H. Uh, I didn't follow their story leading into all this. Um, there wasn't one. You didn't miss much. Okay, yeah. I knew that they were a tag team and they'd broken up. Uh, looking at the two of them, I wouldn't expect that, like, them being a tag team is the more surprising part than them fighting. And them fighting, it just, like, it looks like such a mismatch. Like, I remember... I remember Nikki being crazy and um, Alexis's uh, friend or uh, crazy friend uh, back in the day. So this new ASH thing, I it it lacks Molly Holly and the Hurricane. Um, it lacks the um, superhero in training that was there. Like it, none of that like feels natural. In fact, I think they didn't they change her name. From Nikki Cross because of Carrion Cross, isn't that why she adopted this character? Well, they, they were in due for a gimmick change, anyways. This whole Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash thing to me is just the female version of RK Bro. They had a single superstar that wasn't in the title picture currently, but gets butts in the seats, so they had to write them into the storyline somehow. So they slapped a tag team title on them, and it's like the annoying little brother and sister with the superstar. So it was Riddle and Orton and it's Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley because everybody knows in the women's division, Rhea Ripley's a star. She yeah, looks she like a champ. She talks like a champ. She works like a champ. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's not just as a women's wrestler. That's as a wrestler. She's great yeah. in the ring. She can talk. She can do all those things. But since she's not in the title picture currently as it stands, they throw her in a tag team and they put her in these ridiculous side stories versus letting her actually display what she can do as a singles competitor. Yeah, because she should she should be the star of the show. Um, I know there's another, there's a wrestling, uh, former wrestling manager. He has a podcast and he's huge on Rhea Ripley. Um, you know, she was, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she like main eventing with Charlotte Flair like a year ago or two years ago? Like She was in the main event at WrestleMania. She was the women's champion at Mania last year yeah last year she was the women's champion because then it went through that whole phase where she dropped the belt then nikki ash won women's money in the bank and then cashed in and then nikki ash was actually the raw women's champion at one point yeah that's that's i i don't know like this the nikki cross is a good professional wrestler or sports entertainer or whatever 
Um, this ASH character is just, it's ridiculous. Um, she looks ridiculous. Uh, it doesn't seem like it fits her. And I would say that if she's going to be a heel um, at this point, then they need to change her costume to be a darker costume or something that, you know, if they're going to continue with a, 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 a comic character, then they need to turn her to the dark side uh, through the whole character, not just her attitude. Um, what did you think about uh, Austin Theory and Dominic Mysterio? <laughs> uh, I don't really think I paid attention to the match. Like, Dominic... Or not Dominic, not Austin Theory. I'm sorry, it was The Miz and Dominic Mysterio. Not yeah, Austin Theory. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's on me. The Miz and uh, Dominic Mysterio. There's only one Miz in my life, um, and Mike Mizan's not it. Uh, he, uh, the Miz, he, I like that he brought his costume out. You could tell how proud he is of that thing. I wish he would have brought his wife out uh, with him. Um, he, the Miz needs something, and I don't know what it is. Like, and to retire <laughs> uh you know if he retired today he'd be in the hall of fame tomorrow and then he'd be wrestling full-time in another three months like most of the other hall of famers do because it's i was actually thinking about that before we even got on here like how many hall of famers are now wrestling regularly like it doesn't you, babe ruth when he retired retired he, he didn't come back uh for another game are um, you comparing mike the miz to babe ruth no, I'm comparing the WWE Hall of Fame to being a joke, and it's becoming more of a joke um, as the days go on. Um, but no, I think the, the Miz, the Miz can't carry a feud by himself. He needs somebody that can talk equally with him and compete on the microphone and compete in the ring. And Dominic Mysterio, to me, is he should be a enhancement talent um, on WWE superstars. He was trained by Lance Storm, and he's Rey Mysterio's kid. Are you telling me he's not supposed to go straight to his first on-TV match being at SummerSlam? No, I wouldn't say that he should do that at all. Um, one, I like Lance Storm um, as a professional wrestler, but... I was obviously being sarcastic by that. I know. Way. I know some... You're, you're kind of dense sometimes, Bobby Mack. I just got to make sure my, my humor doesn't fall flat on with you. No, Lance Storm is a C talent. Are um, you kidding me? He's no. one of the most technical wrestlers of all time. You're crazy. What is up with you and Canadian wrestlers? I don't really know. Now that you say that. Where I don't have a thing for Canadian wrestlers. Where's your Chris Benoit t-shirt? Whoa, 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 whoa. Chris Benoit. I don't want to make a really untimely joke right now. Um, so let's just bypass that because I don't want to have to put the E on this episode. Gotcha um i don't have a thing for i think bret hart is one of the greatest single-handedly one of the greatest wrestlers of all time that goes without saying my two favorite personal favorite wrestlers are mick foley who's from new york and Shawn michaels who's from san antonio texas i don't have a thing for canadian wrestlers all right so i can talk bad about lance storm now no, but he's not he's not a C-list talent though. That's Bobby. That's you making hot takes for the sake of making hot takes. You and I both know you don't think Lance Storm is a C plus talent. Uh he is the Marty Janetti to Chris Jericho for their tag team. I can definitely agree to that. 
I definitely think Chris Jericho is a better worker than Lance Storm. I think Chris Jericho is more complete than Lance Storm. I think Lance Storm is a better in-ring worker than Chris Jericho, but Chris Jericho is better at everything else than Lance Storm. Yeah, that's agreeable. Where, that, where that's the first. Off? That doesn't happen very often. I know. <laughs> you don't have anything to say to that at all. Uh, no, it's the truth, other than if you look at them both now, um, I would say Lance Storm is probably in better shape than what Chris Jericho is. Well, I mean, I'm pretty positive that you're in better shape than what Chris Jericho is. I would hope so. All that running around on GTA, getting you that six-pack? Yeah. Well, six-pack, 12-packs, whatever. Six-packs, 12-packs, 18-packs. <laughs> Do you still drink Bud Light? Of course. <laughs> but Bud Lights and hot dogs, that's how you keep a body like this. Of course. Um <laughs> there's <laughs> a really inappropriate comment to be made okay uh moving on austin theory kevin owens go uh kevin owens and uh seth rollins you start to see the breakup right there in the interview segment um so i thought that was interesting uh i didn't think theory was going to go over in this match i thought it was going to be uh, rollins i mean sorry owens um because then in the elimination chamber you'd have rollins and owens uh you know cement the breakup so i'm curious to see where that's going to go now um, I don't know what the the thrill is with Austin Theory. Um, now that I've seen him, what two two times in the past three days, uh, you know he's he's got some nicely shaped eyebrows. Um, he's in good shape, but personality wise, I don't get it. I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm Tom Hanks in the movie Big, playing with the building. I just don't see what's fun about Austin Theory. Well, he's Vince McMahon's like protege now like and we remember how well that went the first go around with drew mcintyre right yeah and that vince is this vince is not the vince mcmahon we grew up with like yeah. when he threatens austin theory because i've seen that on the internet when he threatens him it's that's not vince mcmahon from 20 years ago threatening somebody well let's like, just clarify real quick that the vince mcmahon you grew up with and the vince mcmahon i grew up with were different vince mcmahons like the second ultimate warrior i mean just like the second ultimate warrior that was another old joke bobby like i said sometimes they're they're missed on you i know <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a florida state fan you know you gotta you gotta deal with that the Florida State Seminole Vesicles. Yeah, yeah. We miss things sometimes, like field goals. Mm -hmm. And Vince, Vince now, he, he's not threatening. He, he's actually, like, sad and kind of pathetic when you look at him. Um, so he's a, he's a shell of himself. So for him to support somebody back in the day would have been, you know, something huge, where now it's almost like, okay, now this senile old man who can't write a wrestling show anymore is supporting this person and you just don't feel like he's got the power that he used to have do you feel like that getting a rub from mcmahon doesn't mean the same thing that it did 20 years ago no no i don't think it does at all i think uh like i said i i think you know the fans still cheer him when he comes in the building and they you know they should he he changed the sport of wrestling um to what it was and now what it is so i would start thinking that if he keeps coming out in the next like five years he'll probably start getting booed do you think that a sell is imminent? Do you think everything's leading towards the WWE selling? Yeah, I think with this Disney deal that they just did um, with Disney Plus, um, I 
forget what country it's in, but now that Disney Plus is distributing the WWE Network um, across seas, I think that'll continue to grow. And Disney, as we all know, has been acquiring properties. They don't like partnering with properties. Um, one of the few properties that they've partnered with is, um, what is that, that really awful movie with the blue people? Um, James Cameron does it. Avatar? Yeah, Avatar. Avatar is one of the few properties that they've actually partnered with and not actually out, outright bought. So wait, um, you have terrible taste in wrestlers and you have terrible taste in movies too? Don't tell me you like that movie. That's a whole different podcast. Dude, James Cameron is a genius, bro. James Cameron is a genius, and that movie is terrible. You realize it's just Dancing in Wolves, but with aliens, right? Yeah, and Dancing with Wolves isn't really that great either. You are blasphemous as hell. This podcast is over. We're done here. <laughs> How do you know? Kevin Costner, man, he is an American legend. Really? Waterworld? Waterworld was great, homie. You don't even want to talk about that. Those badass dudes on the jet skis, tell me you're not going to mess with a jet ski. Uh, tell me so you don't Tell me you don't want to be a pirate as a grown-ass man right now. Tell me you don't want to be a pirate. I do live in Tampa, so we do have a, we do have a pirate festival coming up this uh, month. So A pirate we, festival? Yeah, it happened this past weekend. We're really off the charts here, um, but it's also... <laughs> happening it's also happening in february the end of february there's a pirate festival which also is a music festival well, let, me ask, let me ask you a question real quick before we get back on topic uh -huh. let me ask you a question real quick but what before we get back on topic how okay. much did the pirate pay for his piercing a buck in <laughs> ear a buck in <laughs> ear <laughs> get it there you go yeah. all right um as we were um so a couple more matches. We saw Riddle and Otis kind of blase. Carmella, Bianca Belair, as if anybody thought Bianca wasn't going over. Uh, Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, always a good match. Yeah, and, you know, I, I picked Styles to win, really kind of thinking that he wasn't going to because Rey Mysterio is the cover boy of the new video game. So I figured he's got to be getting some kind of push for that. But, uh, yeah, pleasantly surprised that Styles won. Uh, ideally, you know, I'd like to see Styles win the entire thing at the Elimination Chamber. I think he deserves it. Do you think he needs another title push? Yeah, I think so. I think AJ, he's, you know, AJ has developed a lot since TNA or Impact, um, especially with his mic skills. Like, I really think that's come along huge for him. Uh, and his in-ring skill is second to none. Uh, he's still in great shape for being, you know, in his mid-40s. Um, he's definitely somebody that could carry the ball and go with it he's got a different look than most of the other people he's also not a homegrown wwe guy so he's he doesn't follow the normal formula for a wwe uh, performer so i think those are all great things for aj and that separates him from the pack do you feel like him at any point and i know it's going to be hard to press because aj's debuted at the rumble he came straight in he's held titles intercontinental titles u.s titles tag titles he's a career grand slam champion do you feel like the fact that he isn't a homegrown wwe guy has ever ever affected his career in connecticut because he hit his you can definitely say he hit his stride in new japan he was a, a, a IWGP heavyweight champion and IWGP intercontinental champion both. And he was also the de facto leader of the Bullet Club. Bye forever, iPhone. Do you feel like 
that at any point that uh, that he's ever been hindered in the WWE or somebody else got to push over him. Or, you know, for instance, Randy Orton last year had that 30-day reign as champion between Drew McIntyre's. Do you think that could have been AJ Styles? You see what I mean? Like, do you ever feel like he's gotten written out of stories because he's not a homegrown WWE guy? Yeah, but I think now that Triple H is more out of the picture than he has been in years, then I think AJ has a better chance because I really think Triple H is a guy that really downed the people from outside the company. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I would think that he inherited that from Vince McMahon because originally Vince was kind of like that. I think it's a Ric Flair came in in 92. Um, you know, they always kind of push their own people. And if you look at Triple H's history, he has probably never lost to a WCW guy, like at least a feud. I know he's lost matches, but never a feud. Um, nothing more evident than uh, his match with Sting at WrestleMania. I was hoping you were going to go there because if you didn't, I was going to. Yeah, like, but look, look at Triple H's history, like Sting, Goldberg, Steiner, um, Booker T, which is one of the most embarrassing promos you'll ever watch. Um, all that, like, I think Triple H holds those people back. Like, if you didn't go through the NXT process, then for the last couple of years, Triple H wasn't going to support you and get behind you. And AJ skipped the entire process, jumped right in and uh, started main eventing. So, I think now that Triple H is gone, that uh, AJ's got a better chance now. Years, what is it, five years since he's been in the company? Um, he debuted what, in 2016, so this would have been uh, six years. Six years almost to the day, really. Okay. I think his so, debut day was like January 16th or something like that at one of the Rumbles. Or he, yeah. he debuted at the Rumble. I, I can't remember exactly what day it was. Um, was what? Go ahead. Sorry. When he number, I think it was number three in the Rumble. This year? No, no, no. When he when he debuted. Oh no, he wasn't number three. It was much later than that. Hmm. Keep talking for a second. Uh oh, gonna look up and research. Oh yeah. So, no. Yeah. So AJ, I think you know could main event. Um, he's a believable main eventer. His size is also, I think, good size for a champion where he could go against somebody like Rollins, Owens, have stellar matches that are bell-to-bell stellar matches, along with people that can talk well. Um, I think his match, if it is him and Lashley at WrestleMania, it's going to be an uphill battle for AJ uh, because of the size difference between him and uh, Lashley, but they also have a history from Impact. So I think that they'll be able to bring out the best in each other, especially as much as Lashley's improved in the past year. I feel like Lashley is an underrated superstar in the sense that uh, when he came into WWE, like he's been in and out so many times, it took forever to get that singles championship. When I feel like Bobby Lashley should have gotten that push years ago, he got that that ECW heavyweight title reign and stuff like that. But I feel like he was long overdue before this last, when he first beat Drew McIntyre and took the title, I feel like it was long overdue for him. You're right. He was number three. Holy crap, Bobby. Look at the mind on you. I know. How did you pull that out? Uh, Same thing as like, you know, February 5th, 1988, one of the most important dates in professional wrestling history. And it's coming up. The anniversary of Hulk Hogan losing the title for the first time to Andre the Giant. Oh, 
I see what you did there. You yeah. you were kind of teasing it. Everybody thought you were going to go Mania 88, but no. No, no. Hogan losing the title to Andre. Do you think, yeah. well, we, we just talked about that turn. We both said that we thought that was uh, one of the biggest turns because had that not happened, Hulkamania wouldn't have happened. Yeah, um, but getting back with Lashley, like, you know, his first run, he didn't talk. They didn't give him a mouthpiece. They forced him into one of the biggest programs in wrestling history for WrestleMania because it was the Battle of the Billionaires. So you had Donald Trump with Lashley. You had Vince McMahon with Umaga, who Umaga had a mouthpiece. And you had Stone Cold Steve Austin as the special referee in a hair versus hair match. So Lashley got pushed right into it. Um, I, I would dare say Donald Trump probably wouldn't even know who Lashley was if he walked up to him at an event nowadays. Like, it seemed like it was so out of place for Lashley to be put into this program. Like, there was such bigger names out there. Um, Lashley's part and Umaga's part. It was like they were, they were trying to push two, you know, mid-card wrestlers in a uh, main event program. And I think Lashley got, like, sucked into it and almost, like, lost into it. Uh, like almost like a riptide effect where he went out to sea, he was swimming and the riptide just kind of pushed him back out to sea. Like, uh, I, I really feel like he got lost in the whole shuffle of the thing. Um, yeah, I feel like that was that that's the, the WWE WWE way of handling some of those guys though. They've done that a lot in the past with other superstars too, where they kind of get washed out and then they'll come back and they'll wash out. And speaking of getting washed out, then coming back, so Lita's going to wrestle Becky Lynch at Elimination Chamber. Wow, a Hall of Famer is going to wrestle for the World Championship. I feel like we just had, did we not just have this conversation to be said about Hall of Famers doing Hall of Famer stuff and then being like, oh yeah, I've got another title run, ignoring the fact that there's hundreds of young talent out there that could enjoy a push for a title opportunity. But no, we get Lita. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, this year in the Super Bowl, maybe Joe Montana can come off the bench and uh, save the day for whoever's down in the game. Joe Montana. That, you went yeah, with Joe that, Montana. Isn't that how Hall of Fames work? You go to the Hall of Fame, you retire, and then you just can come back to your sport anytime and main event? That's totally how that works. Tom Brady yeah. and Peyton Manning are most historically known for getting into the Hall of oh, Tom's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but I'm speaking preemptively here because we know it's going to happen. It's like everybody knows that they're about to go into the twilight of their career and come back to win more Super Bowls now that they're already retired and in the Hall of Fame, right? Because that's how that's supposed to work. Yeah. Is you're supposed to win more titles after you're done and retired? Yeah, it just it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Like the Hall of Fame, you know, I know why they put Edge in the Hall of Fame because he was supposed to be out forever, da, 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 da. but now 10 years later, he's back. Um, his wife goes in the Hall of Fame, what, three years ago, two years ago. Now she's back. Um, Lita went in the Hall of Fame, I think, three years ago, four years ago. And now she's, now she's got a main event against the, you could say, the biggest superstar in WWE um, this year. Uh, False. Okay, the biggest superstar in WWE two years ago. And now she's getting herself back into it. Um, big time Bex, uh, who was dressed, what was she dressed like last night? Like a was it like the queen of hearts it looks like uh seth rollins dressed her in the dark <laughs> uh so yeah um i i'm i'm all for the hall of famers coming back for nostalgia 
Um, but to be in the championship picture, like like you said, that's taken up a spot that you know that NXT people could have gone into. Rhea Ripley should be in that spot. Um, you know, I get WrestleMania when you bring in a celebrity to take a spot. You know, like um, it was at with uh, the Nook, uh, Snooky, I think was in a match that got um, somebody else like really Melina upset at WrestleMania uh, years ago. But yeah. a celebrity is different than a Hall of Famer, and I don't think you don't put a Hall of Famer in these type of matches. Like they're they should be a nostalgia event. Like okay, the Royal Rumble they should. <laughs> Um, a special event, a one-off event, um, but not in a main event type title picture. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for the current stars, except for tell them that, Hey, you're not over enough for us to put you in this event. I, I I feel like that is the, where we're at though. The way we look at it is they want to scream, they want young, they want talent, they want up and coming, but they know the only way, sorry, that they're going to get the cheap pops that they're looking for are for comebacks. But they've historically burned so many bridges recently in the wrestling world that there's not enough of these people that want to come back now. There yeah. just has to be dwindling. And that's the problem is like, they're not, developing, they're not developing talent. And, you know, we talked about it last time where they used to have those vignettes to where you cared about people. You don't care about any of these people. Like, you know, Austin Theory, for example, there's no backstory to this dude other than he sits in an office with Vince McMahon and gets berated all the time. You know, like I've said a lot that the WWE isn't training and developing superstars anymore. They're, they're bringing in actors to be sports entertainers. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is, you know, and these comebacks, you know, if you want a good comeback story, then, you know, have Kim Kardashian be there, you know, it's, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's a comeback story, you know, not, not Lita, not, you know, Trish for title matches or anything like that. So a couple more things real quick before we got to wrap up. Um, what do you think about Ronda Rousey coming on, not declaring a selection, then saying she's going to on Friday? Where do you think this angle is going? I think she's going to call for a triple threat match. I think she's going to want a rematch from that WrestleMania against Becky and Charlotte for both belts. I feel like that's the only way they're going to go. And I feel like the way they're writing the men's story as well. I feel like I see a unification coming before long. Uh, I definitely feel like one is coming for the men's side. And I feel like mania makes the most sense for that to happen. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's where they're going. I think that's where they need to be at this point because the brand splits not working at all anymore. Um, I think Fox is heavy on the talent and the bigger names and that contract is coming to an end. I think the next two years with Fox and NBC. So uh, as things develop with Disney, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on the Peacock Network, as well as on USA and on Fox, uh, all being under that NBC Universal uh, title. Um, you could see big, big moves coming to WWE and what actually is happening with all the, all the wrestlers, all the sports entertainers involved and all the shows moving forward. 
So just real quick on the elimination chamber, do you feel like this is going to be a breeze by match? Do you feel like Lashley's going to keep the belt and go to mania? Or do you feel like he's going to drop the belt back down to somebody more likely back to a lessner to build to mania? What do you think is going to happen at the, uh, the elimination chamber? I think Lesnar could possibly get it. I don't know. Is this a split brand pay-per-view or whatever premier live event? Um, yeah, know, I believe it, there'll be matches from both cards or both uh, rosters rather. So I would expect another screw job from uh, Roman Reigns to Lesnar for this one. Um, Even in uh, an elimination chamber match? Yeah, because it's, WWE, like they can just open the cage or uh, go through the bottom of the floor or, you know, anything like that, uh, you know, tie him up. Um, so I, I see, so I see like that kind of screw job thing. I think Lesnar will hold it. I think he needs to hold the belt longer. I don't think a short title reign for Lesnar really works very well for him. Um, I think he needs the legitimacy of a longer title reign to go to mania and then lose in a match at mania um, you know, to an AJ Styles or maybe like a Seth Rollins type. I feel like they're going to drop the belt back to Lesnar. They're going to build the card to Mania after Elimination Chamber, and it's going to be built up to be um, Lesnar versus Reigns because he'll win the belt back. He won the he'll he'll win the belt at Elimination Chamber. He's already got his WrestleMania moment because he won the Rumble. So it's going to be that buildup after it's going to be the buildup to Chamber, him going over the buildup to Mania, Lesnar versus Reigns unifying the titles. Yeah, I think that's a that would be a great story as well. So um, you know, I, the main event picture seems like it's pretty you know pretty drawn out. It's going to be the undercard. I think they really got to work on it at this point in time because they don't have any talent that's got built um that's really built up do you feel like we're going to get an intercontinental championship defense between now and wrestlemania or will nakamura make it a year without defending his title on tv see when i was going to ask you who the intercontinental champion was um nakamura okay so uh i don't really care about nakamura i know you're probably going to down me on that one too but uh nakamura has never done anything for me uh, I don't feel like he's a great wrestler and I don't get his character or his dancing or anything since he's been there. That's because so, you're an uncultured swine, Bobby Mack. I know, I know. Bullet Club forever. Uh, but he wasn't in the Bullet Club. I know, but he went against them. Oh, oh yeah, I guess because your boy Chase, blah, 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 something other. I saw a ridiculous video of him come out with the cleaner earlier back when Kenny O was like the man in the New Japan. And he was coming out with him, and I was like, huh, that's Bobby's boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chase one time stayed at my grandmother's house because uh, he was working the WWE show in uh, Virginia. And to show you what a jerk he is, he actually shaved his beard and left all the hair all over the sink um, in the bathroom, all because he was mad because he still owed me 50 bucks in the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. But that's another story. Well, um, so I feel like I don't really have anything to say now. Um, one, yeah, I think that uh, your boy, I think that's funny uh, that you, he's, he wasn't in the Bullet Club. Shinsuke wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know he just went against them. It was more of a New Japan um, type thing. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get Nakamura. Um, him being the IC champion, I didn't even know he was the IC champion. 
I have no idea who the U.S. champion is. Um, those uh, Damian Priest. Okay, those secondary titles have become so secondary that they're almost non-existent at, at this point. Funny thing is, I have a blog post coming that speaks on just the fact that mid-card titles have lost their relevancy. So, Bobby, tell them where to find you. Tell them where to get online. Look for you on GTA as yeah. I as I do my out through a yawn. Yeah, go. <laughs> I'm glad I could keep you awake. Um, yeah, go to Grand Theft Auto Five on the Xbox One. You can see me there, yellow shoe guy, yellow with only one L. Or you can follow me on TikTok for my misadventures around Tampa Bay, uh, dressing up in cosplay and riding coasters every day. Yellow shoe guy. That's with two L's this time. All right, Bobby, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting about some wrestling. Bob, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Keep those cats away from each other. Thanks. Bye. Now, as we close another episode of Botch Pots and Share Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. I want to remind you to go wherever you do anything on the internet. Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, literally anywhere you do anything, you have all the options. Like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, but then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling us how great we are, how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm, helps us find new listeners. Now, if you're feeling really generous and wanting to be one of those VIP people, head over to patreon.com and donate to the cause. You get some swag and it helps us get some special guests. It's a win-win. As always, I am your host, The Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people.